Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo. And it's been a minute. It's been about, what, four weeks, I think, since the last Healing Space. And I... I'm good, you know? I, I needed a break. And there will be more breaks because mental health is important, because self-love is paramount. And yeah, it's needed. (laughs) There are a lot of changes that are happening with the healing space, and I'll be letting you misfits in on what's taking place over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, there are some, uh, some major changes that are happening for a very long time. I have always been very uh, anal about being organized about a lot of things. Even when it came time to have a breakaway from the podcast, I let you guys know far in advance. And then it just reached the point where I was like, I I can't always do that. There are going to be times where I just need to rest, where I just need to go. And so I completely took myself off of social media for almost a month now, removing myself from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, and just needing to disconnect. The The darkness out there has seemed to be just a little bit more dark than usual, you know? And the light walkers, we, we're so spread out. <laughs> we're so spread out in this world. Uh, finding one another is not easy. And those who seek to permeate the internet with just constant negativity, even those who aren't really aware of what it is they're doing, you know, like some people are on the internet and honestly feel as though they're doing what they believe is right, but they're still harming. They're still hurting. I'm not even doing a culture of pop for this episode because so much that's happening in the media is just dark and destructive. From things that are going on with celebrities to what's going on with some politicians. Like, if you're not being torn down, be thankful. <laughs> we, we exist in a society now that is just constantly tearing down everyone. Everyone. There's so very little celebration. And even those who we do celebrate, at some point in time, you'll be torn down. Shout out to those who get torn down and just come right back up again, because it's not easy. We don't live in a society that's big on praise. They're very big on destruction, which is the reason why I feel like the healing space is something that I'm happy to have created. A space where people can come, where it's love. It's love, it's healing, and I plan to lean even more into that in the coming episodes. That is what this podcast is for, leaning into love. Now, we've always stated that there's more than one way to heal, and that is the truth. However, I want it to be very clear that the healing space is a safe space. And I know that that's that's thrown around a lot, safe space, but I mean it in the sense that everyone is welcome here. True, this is a black and queer podcast specifically. But the way that I have always lived my life and the way that this podcast shall be is that it is open to everyone. 
I live my life in balance. And that's the way that this podcast will be. We are a beacon of hope for everybody. When Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we'll go high, I took that shit seriously. And that is how I have always lived my life. This podcast will choose to go high, plain and simple. And that's what I think we do with this week's interview. My guest this week is actor, director, producer, writer, and singer, Eric Dillard. This brother does a lot. (laughs) Listen, when I tell you that we had an absolute blast during this conversation, we rose high. You know, we rose high. This is an absolutely beautiful, inspirational conversation. But we'll get into more of that after I catch you up on what's been going on in my life, my weekend, and all of that good stuff. So this past weekend, we can just get out of the way really quick because I don't really think I did a whole lot. I can say that since the last time we uh, there was an episode and we were together, you know, through through the podcast, I've added more yoga students, you know, more teaching online, more teaching in person. There's a possibility, send it out into the universe, misfits, that a brother is finally going to be teaching in a studio again coming up very soon. So that yoga life, it continues, you know. And like I've shared with all of you guys, yoga has saved my life. If there was at any time where I knew just how important yoga was to me, it was moving here to Atlanta and the way that it kept me on my feet when it felt as though everything else had given up, everything else had fallen through the cracks. Yoga has always been here for me. My practice has always been here for me and it thrives. It continues to thrive. So for those of you who are misfits, who are also students of mine and listen to the podcast, thank you. You guys are amazing students and I can't continue. I can't wait. Can't continue. No, that's a lie. (laughs) I can't wait to continue flowing with each and every one of you week after week after week. This is what I look for. I look for students who are serious about their practice, you know. In the years that I've been a teacher, of course, you'll have those who come along who may not be ready. And that's all love and light to them. You know, this is in no way me shaming those who can't continue on for their practice. Not at all. But there are those who come along and are really ready, who are absolutely determined for their own personal reasons. And those reasons may vary. But no matter what, they're going to stick to their practice. And I appreciate and love those people so much because that's who I was. I was that student that, you know, every now and then I would drop the ball. But my sensei always told to me, even if you have to come to a class and just lie in Shavasana and that's it. You may not be in a place where you really want to flow, but just lie in that energy because staying in the house Negative things can happen there, you know? You could find yourself in a dark space, in a depressive space, where if you just come around like-minded yogis and yoginis, it could heal everything. So this is a specific shout out to those misfits who always make sure, even if you're not one of my students, to you yogis and yoginis who are listening, no matter where you are in the country, no matter where you are in the world, that you always make sure you show up to your mat, even even if it's in the comfort of your own home. We'll even go that far. Get on that mat. Make a positive difference in your practice. Show up for yourself. Shout out to all of you, you know. Just had to put that out there really quick. 
yoga is important <laughs> yoga is important and like i told you guys there's going to be a lot of changes i'm going to be making to the podcast that's one of them i'm going to definitely shine a brighter light on yoga especially because there are so many people of color who are truly flowing these days and it's beautiful to witness so that's some of the things that have been going on with me lately also and i think this was probably earlier in january but i don't think i had a chance to talk about it uh, i had an opportunity to go to uh, an event for a movie that's being created called burden and uh, two of the producers are nathan hale williams and karamo brown uh nathan actually played a huge part as a producer and creator of a movie called dirty laundry and karamo all of you know him of course from queer eye on netflix and for those of you who are uh, old enough to remember the real world um, but i had an opportunity to go to an event for that movie and i had some really great conversations especially with nathan and i'm looking forward to being able to converse with that brother more in the future but it was a really, really nice event. Really nice. You know, a lot of times you go to um, industry soirees and you assume you're going to be around a lot of people. Unfortunately, and the assumption tends to be correct, especially for those of us who have been spaces, who have been in spaces like that before, where you believe there are going to be a lot of really pretentious people. A lot of people who are checking to, you know, well, what is it that you do? What is this? What is that? This isn't what that event was at all at all and it was such a wonderful breath of fresh air you know even walking into the event it was pouring down raining when me and my friend went there and we got there and we walked in shout out to tay by the way he went with me when we walked in there it was i mean we were drenched and nathan was walking up to everyone at the door mind you this is his event he could easily have somebody else greeting you he walked up to each person and I watched, you know, because as we as we all stood down there having drinks, conversing, mingling, I would notice him walking up to every single person who came into the event and he would speak to them. You know, um, the sweetest, sweetest guy. It really, really said a lot about his character that he did that. But uh, I can't wait for the movie to be created. You know, I can't wait to see it. And I think that it's something that a lot of people are going to enjoy once it's out. I won't get into the subject matter, you know. Uh, I'm hoping to have him on the podcast soon so he can tell you guys about it. But it was it was a great event. So that's one thing that's happened since last time we all were together. Another thing is, is that I was treated to a Lakers-Hawks game. Now, I don't talk about sports a lot on the healing space. However, I am a huge Lakers fan have been since I was young. Uh, the only team I think I may have liked before the Lakers was probably the Phoenix Suns. So if you're a basketball fan, you clearly know that I have something for purple because um, that's something that both teams have in common. But yeah, I've been a Lakers fan for a very, very long time, going all the way back to probably when it was Kobe and Shaq together. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan when it was uh, Magic and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but definitely with Shaq and uh, Kobe I was a huge Lakers fan even when they've been losing and they are not having the best season at all right now um even with LeBron there I am still big on the Lakers and they lost you know my very first time finally being able to see them in person they lost 
And that's all good, though, you know? Um, it was funny because <laughs> uh, Tay actually went with me to this, too. And he was recording me, and I didn't realize he was recording my responses. And he was like, you are really into this. And I'm like, yeah, I love basketball. I'm nowhere near as into it as I used to be, and I should get back into it again. But, dude, I'm passionate about basketball, and I was really into the game. But I told myself halfway through the... uh. Halfway through the first quarter that I was going to be okay. You know, I'm like, no matter what happens, I'm just going to go ahead and tell myself now that even if they lose, I'm going to be good. And it was funny because there was probably maybe 40 seconds left in the game. And so I was like, okay, let it, let's get up and go and let's start walking now before everyone begins to file out. And as we're walking, I mean, like literally, I don't know what was happening in this game, but it went from being, I think the Lakers were down maybe six or eight points to when we were like halfway around the arena getting closer to because uh, we parked at a train station so we were walking back towards the train station to go to our cars and as we're walking halfway around the arena we go to look back into um the the arena down at the court and they're now at the lakers have caught up and they're like three away i'm like how is this happening with only 40 seconds left but of course we still knew they were going to lose um and they did <laughs> but I was just happy for the experience. I was really, really happy for the experience. It was an awesome game. Then let's see what else. Lastly, okay. So I've been sharing with you guys that for the uh, the year of 2019, working my way toward my 40th birthday, I was going to go to a different city every single month. Okay. So we started with Chattanooga in uh, January. <clears throat> Chattanooga was awesome. It was a wonderful experience. So one of the things that I did while I was there is I went to the Tennessee Aquarium. So I was informed that the Tennessee Aquarium would be as good, if not better, than the aquarium here in Atlanta. With all due respect to, to Tennessee, lies. Absolute lies. <laughs> there was a butterfly garden that was really wonderful. And I like, I love nature. I love all of God's creatures. And being in that space with those butterflies was so beautiful. And one actually landed on my shoulder and I got a few pictures of that. And like this butterfly would not leave <laughs> one of the people who worked there actually had to come in find a way to get it off of me but i was like come on for the connection you know you feel my energy i feel your energy this is really good so that stood out to me but other than that no no the the aquarium here in atlanta is awesome and i'd never been there to the one here in atlanta i'd never been there before and ended up going back to back like literally i think it was either in the same week or two weeks and no, there's no touching it. It's it's phenomenal, um, <laughs> but it's still great. It's still great. It was a, it was a great experience. Um, so if you're in Tennessee, definitely check out the aquarium. It's good. I, I probably would have liked it more had I not gone to the Atlanta Aquarium first, you know. But having experienced our aquarium here, it, it couldn't touch it. Then one of my uh, one of my coworkers actually shared with me that I should try out this restaurant called Champies. Champies was really good. Not only was it really good because of the food, but also because of the locals who were there. Like they shared with us that, you know, this is a place you should go. No, you shouldn't go to this place. You definitely want to experience here. No, you'll be bored there. And that was really cool. 
Like, I loved that everybody was so friendly. The waitress was was really friendly. And Champions is known for their chicken. And yes, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening are going to be like, oh, you can get chicken anywhere, blah, blah, blah. No, like their chicken, as the kids would say, was bussin'. Like it was really, really good. Oh, and it was so filling that like I ended up coming home with like several pieces and warming it up and eating it later. Oh, I would drive back just for that. Just for that. And I think the Chattanooga was what? Two, only two, four hours away. Two or four hours, one of the two. It's worth it. it. It's worth it. Like Chattanooga was so much better than I expected it to be. Real talk. Like I was just like, okay, it's going to be a cute place to go. You know, go there, have some fun, then come back. But no, really. Like, and for those of you who have Cold Stone somewhere in your town, as I, I can't find them here in Atlanta, Oh, they had a cold stone and they better be glad that it was really cold outside that day because I would have I would have eaten it just because they don't have any cold stones around here. I miss cold stone so much. Their ice cream is so good. So that was a highlight. It was a, a, a really kind of irrelevant highlight, but it meant something to me. <laughs> so I loved that. But the last major thing we did is that we made our way up into the mountains to go to Rock City Gardens. And so we're on our way up there and I'm saying to myself, wow, I wonder what kind of wildlife they have in these mountains. As we're making our way up there, you know, it's like waterfalls is really pretty. These little waterfalls and everything natural. And as we're making our way up, I'm seeing houses, more houses, posh houses, boutiques. I'm really confused. (laughs) I'm like, dude, we're up in the mountains, mountains, like my ears are popping. And this is actually a large ass community. Like when I say boutiques, I mean actual boutiques. Like when we got to Rock City Gardens, there's a Starbucks across the street from Rock City Gardens. This is in the mountains. Like what? <laughs> Chattanooga? Like it was it was very, very confusing. Well, actually, to be technical, to be technical. When we got to Rock City Gardens, we actually crossed over back into Georgia again. So that was really confusing because it's like half of Rock City is in Chattanooga. The other half is in um, Georgia. So half of the mountain is uh, Tennessee. Half of the mountain is Georgia. That was very interesting, but also showed you just how ginormous this mountain is. So we end up going into Rock City Gardens and I'll probably end up posting some pictures on my uh, my Instagram page. Uh, because I don't think, I think by the time I could have posted on Instagram, I was beginning to make my way off of social media. So I wasn't really posting a lot, but it was beautiful and you really have to see it to believe it. So I'm going to post that. And I really enjoyed myself. Like shout out to Chattanooga. Seriously. It was a great way to start the year, a really, really great way to start the year. And I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a great deal and I can't wait to go back. I really do think that it probably won't be this year, but (laughs) I definitely can't wait to go back to Chattanooga from the people to just the atmosphere. Every, every, everything was really awesome. So that's pretty much a a way of catching you guys up uh, of what with what's going on with me Um, this month. Well, I will say that this month I'm going to Charleston, South Carolina. 
So that's what I'm doing for February. So we're going to see what Charleston gives. We're going to see if it can live up to uh, to Chattanooga. <laughs> but we're about to get into my interview with Eric Dillard. And a lot of the conversation is going to deal with being black and queer. It's going to have to deal with his one woman show called Femme which all of you should check out. And during this interview, I make sure to share with you guys how you can find out about uh, the One Woman show because as of this recording, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this during the week of when the actual podcast airs, there are going to be encore performances of his One Woman show because that's just how good it is. Sold out every single time. So (laughs) you guys definitely want to take an opportunity if you're here in Atlanta to check out the event. But this brother, like, when I tell you that he has lived a storied life, a a truly storied life, and if you get to go to the one-woman show, you get to experience all of it. But I mean, like, even to the point of living in Japan, you know, he lived there from 2006 to to 2012, and even that was a huge experience for him, you know? And I think that a lot of black queer people queer people in general or just people in general will get a lot out of this conversation that i have with him you know and you uh you may even get a surprise visit from (laughs) someone who's very very close to him i am so happy to share this interview with all of you misfits so enjoy this conversation between myself and eric dillard and then i'll see you on the other side enjoy So we're already laughing, Misfits. <laughs> the laughter has already begun. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest here on The Healing Space, Eric. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That, that, that's usually how I close out a conversation. <laughs> but we're, we're starting it with that. Right. <laughs> oh, we work in reverse. Yes, we do. From the end. <laughs> <From> the end. <laughs> to the beginning. To the <laughs> Almost fell out of my chair. No, Jesus. Pray, but we need you. Is this the conversation we're going to have? We need you. <laughs> You're important to the world. We need your gift. We need you. Don't give it away. But share it. Don't throw it Don't away. Don't throw it away. That's what works for a lot of people. Right? Don't. Okay, listen. 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 Do not throw it away. Don't throw your gift away. Don't. Don't. Someone Wait a minute. Did. Here's what I appreciate. Here's what I appreciate. I just saw your face. You wanted to say so much more and you oh, stopped yourself. Oh my God. You pulled yourself back I'm just be now. Appropriate. I don't want to give you extra work in editing, but for everyone out there, just know that you don't want to throw your gift away. Don't just throw it away. Share it. Don't discard it. Listen. I'm ready for you. <laughs> you need to, you may need to take you may need to take your, your gift home and work on it a little bit listen, before you come back out and share it. Listen, take it home. Listen. Yeah, brush it off. Brush it off. Polish it. Squeegee it. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Woo. Okay. So a lot of these questions are quote unquote heavy. So I wanted to start kind of light for you. Okay. So the first question I wanted to ask is, how has it felt selling out Good acting studio mm. with your baby, with your dream. What does that felt like for it you? It has been, oh my gosh, explosive, emotionally explosive inside, life changing. It's it's one thing to um, put your art out there 
We're good. It's one thing to put your art out there and people appreciate it, and that's fine. But to have it to the point to where you have repeat people that are coming back, and when you're looking out there, there's not an empty seat in the house, that's a different feeling. You know, you always get your immediate crowd, your nucleus of friends who, you know, at least a show or two, you know, they'll fill it up. But then after that, it begins to really prove itself as the audience becomes more unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. So as we got into like, I will say maybe the sixth or seventh show, a majority of the audience I didn't know. That's when I knew the story is beginning to reverberate. It was a wonderful feeling. Come on. Yeah. Indeed. Mm -hmm. How has film freed you? Oh, (laughs) we need some tissues on set. (laughs) Listen. Oh my God! In so many ways, um, I re- wait. <laughs> no, he's really serious because he, he brought tissues. He will because he know he knows me and like I'm emotional. <laughs> if I start, if a tear too falls, just just roll with it. I'm an empath, but um, yeah, I would say that it it. Oh my God! It freed me in so many ways. One of the most notable moments that I remember was when I was sitting down with. Uh, my director, Jerome Hoskins, and then the assistant director, Travis Scott. We did the last read-through, and I remember that I, I got to the last page. We had never read it all the way through before. We had did, done things in part. Yeah. I got to the last page, and literally, un, unknowingly, I just bawled. Mm. It was just, I just started crying. Yes, I was yes, like, yes. what is this? And I, you know, I am an emotional person, but usually I know when it's coming. Right. This literally just like es- just escaped me nowhere. and I didn't know where it came from. And it. so it, since that day, every time that I've done the show in its entirety, every night I feel like a different part of the show is freeing me. Yeah. Every part. It's my story, but it's, it's doing something different to me every time. Come on. Mm. That part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. I've not gotten bored with doing the show. Okay. Every single time. something Something's funny over here that wasn't funny over there. Something's a little bit more sad over here or more revealing over there. It's just, it's always a new experience. So here's what I love. I mm-hmm. love when I conduct interviews mm-hmm. and... I'm led into my next question. Yeah. The person I'm interviewing. It's conversation. Listen. Then that's <laughs> not an interview. Means we're conversing about There we life. go. There we go. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so you, you, you led me there, and I okay. appreciate it. So Thank my next you. question for you, because I was sitting here like, what do I want to ask next? Mm. And then you what told me without feel? realizing Aww. it. Oh. Listen. Thank you. So the next question is, how do you and Melody keep the show fresh every show? <laughs> you like how I did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You knew she wanted to come out a little bit. She wanted to talk a little bit. You know, we practice a lot. And every time we have a little, you know, a little meetings before the show, you know, mm-hmm. Eric will bring me into the room and, and say what he wants to tell the people and what is on his heart. And then I say, well, just let me just put the wig on me and I go and do what I got to do. And so just every night I try to just not rehearse any feelings. Nice. And the more that I keep in my mind not to rehearse any feelings uh, be it myself, be it Melody, be it, you know, Obachan, my mom. I just try to let them find the way of where they want to go. I, yeah. I always try to render myself to the character or me being the narrator. Just completely just submit myself to that moment. Yeah. And in doing that, a different story literally will happen every single time. I'm doing my best to not say too much because, of course, we want people to come out to the show. And I was surprised by a lot. So I want them to be genuinely surprised, too. So I'm kind of doing my best to keep away from certain questions. But I loved when you were your mom. Oh, wow. (laughs) I I told you there were so many things I didn't see coming. Yeah. And when that happened, I was like, didn't. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Wow. (laughs) You wore that out. (laughs) 
She's uh, a lot of fun to play. Yeah. She's a lot of fun to play. And and what what I think makes people laugh is is one thing to tell people like, okay, that's that's who my mother is. But um it's another thing when and again, like you said, not to tell too much of the show, but you you get to revisit her. I'll say she shows up twice in two different embodiments. Absolutely. And when she shows up the second time, people are like, Oh my god, you know. <laughs> and so um to be able to to know that I pulled that much from her. And that she is that charismatic. I've always thought she was funny. I've always thought she was insightful. And I didn't know how she would work in the body of, of this art. But she has. And it's so fun to play her every night. Mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, I can't wait till you see me do you. Right. So. right. <laughs> <laughs> you see me do you. Mm-hmm. So a, a good part of film, a good part of your story mm-hmm. is talking about your journey through faith mm-hmm. and religion. Yes. So I wanted to know, make sure I'm saying this question right as I wrote it down. Um, how has religion both healed mm. and harmed you? Mm. I will say definitely to talk about the latter first, mm-hmm. that there was um, through all of the good times and the bad times that I had, you know, growing up in church, there was a lot of harm that was done. And um, I, it took the healing that came later on Come for on. me to understand that, you know, my my family and the environment that I had at the time, the social circle that I was under, that we only knew what we knew. Right. And so um, the, the hurt that I went through in the beginning was a lot of groupthink. It was a lot of um, conditioning, a lot of indoctrination, a lot of if, if you have a question that you're more so punished for even thinking it or expressing it. Um, let alone ever even having the audacity to think you're going to get an answer for it. So, you know, very early on, I was I was taught not to think for myself. And then innately, um, I decided, OK, you know, OK, innately, I said, I need to find my own way in the world with this. And so um, I went through a lot of years where I was angry with church and mad. And um, you would see it a lot when I would post on online. You You, you could just read the hurt that was there. And it wasn't until maybe about mm, about maybe four years ago yeah. that I began to kind of like circle back and, and forgive all of those mm-hmm. first things that people did to me, um, things that I experienced and just let them go from all of those things. And so I need to create my own page from this point now that I realize that even though people are responsible for what they do, the society that I was dealing with at the time, they only had the tools that they did. Absolutely. So I can't blame them for what they didn't have. Absolutely. Let me help create new tools for the next generation. Yeah. That helped me with the healing from we, that. We bring about our own happiness. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times when, all of us, because all of us have been through Yeah, trauma, yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of times we, we put it in the mm-hmm. hands of others. Yes, you know? we do. You're supposed to be healing me. Mm-mm. You apologizing, Mm-mm. you doing this, you doing that. No. That's what's going to heal me. Yeah. No. no. No, not at all. It's that it doesn't come from them. As I say, you know, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's, it is for yourself. Come and on. it sounds cliche to some people, but I believe in that. Absolutely. And it wasn't until I really began to just take that on and say, okay, no matter what anyone has done to me, as we say, you know, in other ways, life is 90, no, 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. Yeah. I'm responsible. I can still get an A if I respond the right way with right. 90%. Let me focus on that and try to score there as opposed to trying to tally up with people that hurt me in the past. Past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does your faith show up for you today? To to today in life or today yeah. today 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 in life. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's today you talking about? A lot of today's, Jeff. Um, it shows up now, being aware of the power that I have to touch others. Yeah. Um, the power that I have to what what energy I'm responsible for, and that's not just in in my energy as far as how I show up in the world talking, mm-hmm. but what I do, who I physically touch, and what I'm physically doing. That in those ways, that's where spirituality shows up for me now. I'm much more aware 
that spirituality is is coming from what I give. It's yeah. not just something that's just out there that I have to grab. It's what right. I create. And then from what I create and emote, that's what makes the difference in my world and will hopefully ricochet good back to me. Nice. That's kind of how I feel. Nice. Mm. What does your internal daily healing work look like? Mm. Well, one thing I can say that may, okay, I can speak to the end of the day, okay. which is kind of interesting. So like when I would before, when I would lay down to get ready to go to sleep, there were a lot of times I felt guilt. I would lay down and feel a heaviness mm-hmm. as though, and a lot of it was that I was not operating in the ways in the world that I knew that I should be creatively and just doing my art. Um, just just being a being that just likes to make things yeah. and, and do things and express things. I was um, in a lot of you know corporate situations that just didn't seem to be serving me that well. And so I would carry a lot of that. And it would, it would always show up when I would lay down. After I was done dealing with everybody and taking the phone calls, answering the emails, doing the engagements, the appointments, whatever, by the time I laid down, I felt guilty. And then when I woke up, I felt heavy. So I always noticed there was something that was around bedtime when I was, I would say I was completely yielded and nothing's taking over anymore. So then your real self, I believe, talks to you at that point Mm -hmm. because there are no distractions. So what I began to do was to focus on how I feel at the beginning and the end of the day. And so instead of just either getting straight up out of the bed and just doing what I've got to do, or when I lay down, instead of just letting myself conk all the way out, I would just take time to just sit and forgive myself for anything that I said or did that was not healthy and and to forgive myself for anything that I may have said that day that was that was incorrect yeah. or um, um, not, of, not of the best light. And if, if it was something that I needed to correct, in any action I did, I have tomorrow that I can do that. So I, I literally had to make it a process to like calibrate and then shut down my day as healthily as I could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. Mm. Well, once again, that flows perfectly into the next question. Mm. <laughs> Happy for Which that. Which is on a daily basis, what are some of the battles that you're still going through mentally and spiritually? Um, sometimes feeling like I should be further than I am. Okay. Uh, that's something that I, I've had to really forgive myself for. Um, one thing I've shared with Femme is that I am 40 as of this year. And so breaking this play out had a lot to do with me turning over a page, you know, as, as far as my age and whatnot. And when you are getting older, and I think a lot of that is just because of how social media works now, right. that, you know, if you're not making it when you're 20, then you're, you know, we don't need you no more. You know, you're a has-been by 30, you know, all of that. <laughs> And I had to basically just kind of divorce myself from those thoughts. I still battle those. Not there are times, yeah. Real. There are times that I still feel kind of like you know. Well, I, I hope that I make it while I still have strength in my body. Yeah. Um. I hope that um. I'm I'm as good as I hope to be in whatever I'm doing. Right. I compare myself still to other people. Mm. Um. I, I'm I'm getting better with that. So yeah. I'm like beginning to kind of own and stand and be comfortable in my own light. But I still have. Uh, times of insecurity where I'm comparing myself to other people and and needing to kind of bit myself on the hand to get back in my own lane. Now, see, I think this could be important for our misfits who are listening. That's about what I call my list. Yeah, I see. I, I picked that up in the beginning. <laughs> hey, misfits. All right. Um, if you could expound a little bit more on what you just said, because mm-hmm. I think that could be really helpful. Yes. So, is there anything specific that you can share as far as the work that you do? to be able to one understand that you're exactly where you need to be mm-hmm. and to not compare yourself to others. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can specifically say? I can say, in a sense, um, hopefully this is kind of what, what you mean by this. Mm-hmm. I will look at someone who is, okay, we're all on Instagram. Most of us are on Instagram. Right. And Instagram is probably the most, um, could be potentially the most depressive, oppressive 
uh, forms of social media because the numbers can go into the millions. Yeah. You know, you get a cap off when you're on Facebook. So it's like, okay, well, as long as I got 5,000 and you got 5,000, we're doing pretty good. So, you know, you have like a measure that kind of has like a finite uh, perspective to it. But if you're looking at, at certain forms of social media that are infinite yeah. and then you're looking at and then you go and you start comparing pictures, that that's something that I do. I, that I need to stop doing, you know, um, you go and you look at. Um, or is your content like their content? Well, if your if their content is like your content, then why isn't my content yielding the number to your content? Right. And then you start to just kind of take yourself down a rabbit hole. Yeah. So that's something that now that I'm and I'm very numbers driven because I'm even though I'm in the arts and I'm into acting and whatnot, there's a sense of sales because yeah. I got to get those seats filled. So that Cat that's yeah oh yes you know <laughs> yeah we talked about that that's I'm a Capricorn to the core. I mean. So deep. So, and I've always had that mind, that, that like that sales mind. So sometimes I think that the good in me being aware of sales and numbers and profit and all those wonderful things can have a negative effect when I start kind of like comparing, uh, comparing myself, n- not negatively, but pessimistically, mm-hmm. as I would say in, in like the worst sense yeah. against another person. So when I find myself getting to the point where it's gone beyond business and I start really beginning to feel like something creep in me that begins to feel like a jealousy or a greed or an envy, then I try to check that. Yeah. And I go to it and I, and I try to speak to it. And, okay, I felt you. Why did you just show up? Mm. What am I looking at? What did I just do that caused this envy to yeah. start sparking in me? Because we all have it. We, and we a lot of us want to say that we don't, but we do. We, do. we have Absolutely. it. We deal with it. We're humans. We're going to feel all the things all the time until the day we die. Yes. And it's about allowing ourselves to feel those feelings, but then just be aware of them and just kind of temper them so that none of them gets out of control. Right. That's how I right. feel. It's, as I always say on the podcast, mm. it's all about balance. Balance it is. is important. It is. Know? It is. And uh, people so often tend to kind of fall onto one side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we live mm-hmm. in a world where people are so much happier being angry right now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're like, this is what it is that I've been put through. Anger is currency. Yeah, ex- listen. It is for listen. like people that are listening to us and they're just checking our numbers as we get mad and we post and we go right. off. It's currency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's always been so, I've talked to my mom about this a lot. I'm like, you know, in the work that I do, I'm always working to be, you know, of light and love and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And that's considered fake and phony. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, the real quote unquote Mm -hmm. is considered angry. Angry. Being pissed off. Oh, I love that you said that. You know, shading people. God. Being petty. Mm -hmm. Petty is a national pastime. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, again, we're human. So we we can't act like we've never been petty. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is. That was petty this morning. Listen. But it's like everything in moderation. Yeah. The problem is, is yeah. that you make petty a lifestyle mm, and that's a problem. There's a difference. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference with that. There's Absolutely. a difference with that. And, and I think the more that we're aware of that, that when you can't unplug from it, like I, and anybody that knows, if you follow me on social media, everything's Eric Dillard, Eric with the K. Yeah. Eric Dillard. I'm very easy to find. But when you go to my page, you'll see the satirical moments. You'll see the petty moments. Absolutely. You'll see, I'll share the memes and the gifts and everything like everybody else. Yeah. But no matter what the subject matter is, especially with the current situation that we're you know seeing kind of fall apart right now um i can go to those places but then i will come back at some point very quickly right let's tie this up holistically absolutely okay, i get it you know we're laughing that's just what happens because of social media i paid for my phone you paid for your phone right we can share and, and interact how we please yes but at the end of the day if we really want to push these matters forward if we really want life to um, advance and graduate to something that's that's more substantive and, and uh, more flourishing. We've got to sober our minds to be able to talk about some real stuff and deal with it. Yeah. And let's talk about all sides of it and not just the side I want you to see because I right. want you to hit the like button. Listen. 
<laughs> the only way that mm-hmm. I can hold your attention mm-hmm. is if I'm okay. I talked about this on the podcast maybe about one or two episodes ago, mm-hmm. and I get very uh, honest. I hate saying real because I always feel like mm-hmm. the fakest people say real. Okay, okay uh-huh. listen, <laughs> message. I get very real with my uh, with my misfits, mm-hmm. and I say to them, you know, I find it funny that everyone was so blown away by Michelle Obama's speech at the last Democratic convention Mm -hmm. because she spoke of when they go low, we go high. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I I start to get the impression that people like the words that are stated. but don't necessarily want to walk in those words. No, You know, I talk about how people say they want to be more like Jesus, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, do you actually? Do you? Is it just something fun to say? (laughs) Exactly. You know, everybody else saying it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a fad. Yeah. You know? mm, Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, to what your uh, point you just made, a lot of people, it's not even so much that they like the words, but they're like, who's saying the words? Yes. And this is from both sides of the spectrum. It could be somebody that's being celebrated or somebody that, you know, we're seeing other things happen to and based on who that celebrity is and what level of notoriety they have, what they mean to whatever immediate community right. that feels like they share some sort of connection with them because you took a picture with them or whatever the case may be, we tend to take their words that are should be common rhetoric, yes. positive common rhetoric, and then we elevate it to something else that seems more unattainable when yes. we all should just be living that way, period. Period. Absolutely. It shouldn't take a celebrity to remind you of who you were supposed to be as a human, Period. Okay, and so he just gave me a drop. There we go. <laughs> There's a good one. There we go. Edit that out real quick. Okay. <laughs> Speak a word. Okay. So um, I wanted to know, do you believe that the pain that you've endured plays a part in who you are and why? Yes, I do. Um, that was hard for me to accept. Up until March of 2018, when I began to write film, Mm -hmm. Um, I had, you know, up until that point, considered that, you know, I've been through a lot. I've known, you know, I know a lot. I've experienced a lot. And all that has kind of informed and um, helped me to fashion who I am today. But I didn't really understand the power of it, the gravity of it, until I began to put pen to paper and started writing the script for film. When I started doing that, it was a way of pulling up all of those things that I had made taboo to myself. Mm. It's one thing to make a social taboo to where, you know, oh, we can't talk about that one thing. But I literally within myself had kind of um, made an agreement that there were certain things that I wasn't going to address. There were certain things that I wasn't going to call out what they really were. I had masked things and camouflaged other things and called them other things other than what they were. Mm. And then when I started writing film, it allowed me to just take those layers off and just pull those sheets down and just look at the monsters or the or the angels for what they really were. And and that was one of the most freeing things for me and that's helped me to heal is is really through my art. It's yeah. just helped me to see where I need to be. Yeah. Come on. Okay. I'm gonna stop saying it. No, because you're doing a wonderful job oh. of guiding me into my next questions. <laughs> just I'm so glad to know so it. it's so organic. It I'm is. loving it. It really is. Okay, so I wanted to know your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. When I sat in the audience watching film, one mm. of the things I love the most is that you were so free. <laughs> and one of the things you were free with was sex and sexuality. Mm. And I mean, of course, you you allow people, and I won't give yeah, anything yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. You, you allow people to make a decision yeah. of just how much they want to be a part Listen, of that. You got a, you got a way out. Don't be blaming me. I didn't make you do nothing. 
<laughs> but the question I wanted to ask in regards to that, in regards yeah. to the fact that you gave people an option, mm-hmm. is what do you? why do you feel as though we live in a society that even in 2019 mm-hmm. still finds a need to shame sex and sexuality? I would probably first look at, um, say, like maybe like a, either a European or Asian sort of culture where they don't have those same hangups. Mm-hmm. And because they don't um, stifle people in that way, you tend to have more peace, right. you know, in, in other areas. Or it's not, I'm not saying that it's perfect, but exactly. just, it tends to be a lot more mild. Whereas with American culture, so much it was predicated upon, you know, and not to go too deep, but well, we're going deep. So, absolutely. Um, <laughs> with, you know, American culture, with a lot of it being predicated upon a Christian Christian um, culture, Christian upbringing and, and information and, and that influence, it, it vilified. Sexuality. Absolutely. It vilified. I mean, all the way to the th- to the point of you know when I was coming up, you know, one of the things that was pushed on people was that well, if you're thinking in your mind, then it's as if you've already done it. Mm-hmm. And before I really tapped into my sexuality, when I was in that fear grip of you know I don't know if I'm going to accept that I'm gay, I don't know what this means, I don't want to act on anything, I, and I I resolved in my thoughts. I was like, well, you know, it's my mind, so I I can at least I have that. And then when they attack that. Well, if, if you think about it, then is it like you already done? I was like, well, I'm damn if I do damn to know. <laughs> My God. And so once I figured out how deeply indoctrination goes into your mind to throw a hook in there to make you do the whole Mortal Kombat Scorpio, <laughs> get over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how, how violent it can feel. And so once um, I understood what that meant, and then I began, you know, as I got older, I got more comfortable with my body. I became more comfortable with my expression, talking about sexual things and whatnot. And um, I finally got to a place where I was just freed from it. And I just said, it, sex is beautiful. Um, the human body is gorgeous. And, you know, you we have levels of commitment or interaction with based on whoever the people are that we decide to deal with. But just in and of itself, I believe that the human anatomy is to be glorified. It's, mm. it's so beautiful. Absolutely. Every part of it, whatever it makes you feel, if it's, if it's a, a feature that turns you on about a person, yeah. if it's something that turns you on about yourself, we have to get to a point to where we free people up sexually. And I think that if we do that... And and try to do it, you know, as respectably as possible, yeah. you know, you know, consenting adults and all those sort of things. Right. The more that we take those restrictions off of people, we'll see less. Pro- we'll see probably. I keep. I'm not trying to keep referring to it, but we'll see less of current situations that are going on, yeah. to where people have to hide from themselves for sake of falling apart in the public eye. Right. Yeah. And and I like the, I like how you put that because mm-hmm. that is literally how I operate, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why I'm so thankful for the podcast mm-hmm. because I tell my misfits all the time. If you look at me on social media, mm-hmm. you may assume you're only getting half of who I am mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everyone assumes they see positive light, mm-hmm. love, meditation, oh, yoga. Listen. But I'm like, here's the thing. It's a brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. my personal page is a brand. Yeah. My yoga page is a brand. My mm-hmm. podcast page is a brand. Mm-hmm. If you want 1,000, 2,000% of who I am, mm-hmm. listen to the podcast. Yeah. I have nothing to hide. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I make sure to share everything, everything. so that you won't feel like you have anything mm-hmm. on me. Oh, no, 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 no. I will oh, I'll get ahead of that by just being honest. Listen, listen. That's what that's called. Up in here. Utter transparency. <laughs> Absolutely. How you doing? I subscribe. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Notify me. Yes. I'm all about that. It's mm, important. It is. It's crucial. important. It's, it's so needed because it gives you peace. It does. Listen, I don't have it to does. hide anything. Mm-mm. Hiding is the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. It, it's and not just, you know, to it really not to anyone else. It doesn't right. matter about them. It's to yourself. Yourself. When you're hiding from yourself, when you're hiding from who you are, when you're hiding from, again, those things that, that creep up on us at night when we lay our heads on our pillows. Absolutely. We all go through that. Yeah. I've admitted mine, but for the misfits that are out here and for anybody else that's going to be coming on and, and watching this and in, in, in passing. 
something, we all deal with those voices. We all deal with that that inner roommate that just won't shut yeah. up, you know, and, and tells us how we're not worthy and how we're not this and why did you do that and what does this mean? And we're second guessing ourselves. And I I have from this point on devoted my time in my existence to making sure that I crush that roommate. I'm yeah. going to live freely. I'm going to live openly. I'm not going to be ashamed of anything. Even if I've made a mistake, I I work to forgive myself right away. Come on. Right away. Come on. I don't want to carry that. Yeah. It's not going to serve me anything if I carry it's it. It's not going to. Mm-mm. Listen. Let's come on now. People. It's not going to do any. I'm, I just have all this weight. Hashtag listen. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in a world where far too many of us feel invisible. Mm. How has film helped you to feel more seen by those who are in and out of our community? That's okay. one half of the question. Okay. So remember that. All right. The other half is, and did you realize how many people you've helped to be seen? Okay. So the front part, you mean outside of being a drag queen on stage? <laughs> like how am I? <laughs> and, I, and, I wanna, and, and I'm glad that I kind of made a joke about it. Just so everybody knows, like film is not a drag show. Right. It's, which I don't, you know, if you could speak to that at all. It's. It's, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, I, I love drag shows, yeah. but this is celebrating part of that, but it's not all that it is. Yeah. I will say that um, what has helped me to, to kind of stand out in this in this fashion is that I allow myself to um, dive into an array of characters Absolutely. and become so many different people. Absolutely. And that's one thing that began to happen each night was that as I began to be more comfortable, you know, with the flow and, right. you know, technically we're good and all that kind of stuff, every character began to just take on their form to yeah. where, like, the character... I, I literally feel like I just render myself myself to these beings that yeah. I feel that kind of speak through me. And every time that I would get into them, they would just say something else. Yeah. So I can't even say that it's necessarily the the um, would-be shallow aesthetic of drag, which is just, you know, you're glammed up, you got hair and, and jewelry. It could be somebody as, as frumpy looking as Obachan. Right. And that is her, that Thursday night is her night. Yeah. You know, where she, for whatever reason, something in her as a character that, that, came through me that she had something to say yeah. and and whatever she said or whatever joke she made or whatever it was something that underlined and amplified something for the audience you would hear them respond yeah. and they would be mm, mm, or whatever and I was like well, out of this like, I ain't got no makeup on you, Are you <laughs> but just I, I, I would say just allowing myself in whatever embodiment that I take on creatively to just give 1000% to it and in that in that uh, uh, submission to that character that is a way that helps me to shine right um, the second part to the question as far as like the people that, that um, well, it one helps one second before go you go ahead, into the second fine. part yeah okay so I want to go a little deeper that's fine. in the first part okay so what I meant by that okay. and uh, once again something that I always talk about on the podcast mm-hmm. is seen meaning capital S-E-E-N mm-hmm. and when I say seen I mean in the sense of especially us as queer black men mm-hmm we may go through our life often not being seen by yes, people, meaning yes. the full truth of who we are. Yeah, yeah. When you're on that stage, mm-hmm. the response from the audience, mm-hmm. more often than not, after mm-hmm. the show, yes. how have they allowed you to feel more seen than you were before you ever started film? How have mm-hmm. they contributed to you seeing more of Eric than you ever have before? Before the production itself? Yep. So um, meaning mm-hmm. who you were before, yeah. and then a- and literally then the night after oh, when you start seeing okay. people. Okay, let me start. <laughs> Keep that first part, but you can start okay. right here if you want right. to. Well, okay, now, now we'll get where you're going. Um, wow. It was definitely two different levels. Yeah. It was, no, three. It mm-hmm. was three different levels. The first level was, I've always been eclectic. I've always um, wanted to wear the one pair of pants that was weird or whatever mm-hmm. like that. And 
when you um, are coming to a place like Atlanta that is free, right. but they're still very, you know, mm-hmm. pent up, um, people didn't know how to accept that. And so I had a very tricky role in the beginning of people... Honestly, I think they would see me and they would become afraid because they didn't know how to interact. Yeah. It wasn't that I was doing anything to I, I do way outlandish stuff now, but <laughs> even back then it was just something, you know, very, very basic. But um, it, it, there's a guy that I listen to. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Seth Golden. No. Oh, he's like a, like a business guru. Wonderful. But he always talks about the purple cow um, effect and that, you know, if you're if you're on a road and you're driving past all these cows, what would your mind do if it saw a cow that was purple? It would turn. It would just. Not because you like it or anything, but it would immediately, you know, you switch over and look at that cow. And I think that I've always had that. So in the beginning of coming to Atlanta, I didn't feel like I was seen um, because I didn't feel any connections with people. People were seeing me, but the connection wasn't there. And then as I began to kind of become more comfortable in self-expression, you know, with my clothes and uh, be in makeup or whatever, or even doing drag or whatever, I felt like people, they were able to connect with me more because I gave them a person after the effect Whereas a lot of people, I think they give the effect, but then they're so broken or they're so introverted that they just run away. That You don't even know who they are outside of their personas. Yeah. And with me, I wanted to make sure that as I became more comfortable, that people always knew I'm, I'm accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, could, I could have a good 301 lash and I'm still going, <laughs> baby, come here. You know, and, and, and you can talk to me and we can laugh and you don't have to feel like you have to look over your shoulder like, well, I'm, I'm talking to the weird person. I, I was beginning to see people's comfort level in themselves mm-hmm. as they allow themselves to open up to somebody that expressed themselves like me. Yeah. And then um, the third level uh, to the last part of your question, the night that I did film, the first night was I was proud because we got through it. I'm on stage boohooing and I'm hu- hugging Tony. He's boohooing and we crying. And then it was when I went out into the hallway and I kind of like, you know, exhaled like, ooh, we got that done. The way that people came up to me and as I describe it, there were some that hugged me and then there were some that held on to me. And there were people that literally, I would feel their whole body weight as they were hugging me like I was holding them up. And I think that they saw me because they could see themselves. And that's what a lot of people told me as we got deeper into the runs that, um, Eric, I'm so glad that you did this production because I saw myself and really at the end of the day, that's what humanity is. It's not even so much about me seeing you or you seeing me, but in you, we're mirrors of each other. Film brought the mirror, whereas everything prior to that was more glass. It was more observing. Mm. Film was more in depth. Like I see into it now. Yeah. Mm. Fem brought the mirror. It brought the mirror. Before that, it was glass. Absolutely. Keep dropping them. Listen. Hey, come on. Keep giving them to him. Keep giving them to him. I kind of been through a lot. I've been through a lot. <laughs> okay, so I want to go all the way back to when you first started answering this question. Okay. And you were saying if it's something that I could speak to, and I will. I never saw it. As a matter of fact, because I didn't know what was going to happen in it, I knew nothing about that side. I knew nothing about Melody until really? the very end. Knew nothing. Really? So it was a oh, beautiful wow. surprise to oh, me. Oh, wow. So I would say for any of you <laughs> out there who are listening, and I guess this might be an older audience um, who I'm speaking to as far as this, but if you've ever seen Whoopi Goldberg's one-person show mm-hmm. or John Leguizamo's one-person show, it's in the vein of that. It is. You know? It is. So it's somebody taking on different characters, different mm. personalities, and mm-hmm. telling a very beautiful, very layered story. Mm. So no, it's not. And, and, and once again, yeah. like you said, giving all love oh, yeah. to Nothing our 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 drag family oh my god but no 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 it's 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 an experience yeah it's an experience i would definitely say that because there were people that i I, you know you kind of hear things with a great mind and and there were certain individuals that um and i don't take this as a negative but um they 
I don't think that they repelled against the show because they thought it was drag, but I think that they just thought like, well, I mean, I can go see that. I can go to the club anytime and see right. that. And not thinking that, oh, no, there's a whole story that involves the beauty of that art. It not, it's not the only thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 again, levels. I'm, I'm not giving stuff away, but I need you to understand it's the levels to this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, oh, so now this this part is happening. Oh, oh right now. okay. Oh, sorry. And they're blue. Listen. Okay. <laughs> because there, there's a point, I'm, and I'm just going to say this. There's a point where he isn't even on stage. Understand that this is a one woman show, true, but he ain't even on stage at a point. And I'm sitting there like, brilliant. Oh, you better wow. work it out. I love thank that. You. I need you to understand that part had me in tears. Really? So going, yeah. That part had me in tears. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank okay. you. Um, <laughs> That's like a lot so, of work, too. I'm sure. I'm sure it did. That was a couple months in the cell. Listen. Uh, oh, baby. What is your life's purpose? Mm. Yeah, no, I came out of nowhere with that. <laughs> Listen, hold on. <laughs> if you can see my reaction, I had to look right. out. <laughs> I had to download this answer. I didn't. I didn't have you didn't tell me I was pulling this one up. I go back to the file room for a second. <laughs> my life's purpose. Um, I can speak better to that now. Mm-hmm. Um, Come on. I, I believe I can. <laughs> I believe I can. Um, I want us to see us. I'm, I know that sounds basic, but that really is it. Mm-hmm. When I say that, if I'm able to see the good and the bad and admit them both, it immediately balances me, mm-hmm. as we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. It immediately provides balance. We live in, and again, and I'm not trying to blame, you know, social media as being like the monster, but it's just where we are right now. Yeah. We're in such a filter world, you know, where everything has an, an answer. Absolutely. Oh my God, this picture didn't look the way that I wanted it to. Let me fix it. Let me correct it right. so I can get the perfect picture. And even like scientists or, or social scientists have uh, done studies to prove the, the symmetry of a picture and what that does to the like buttons and how people respond to it. Right. So we've become so, art- oh, I don't know if you saw this years ago before like um, Instagram, Dove did a campaign about what uh, CGI looks like. And to try to help empower women about how they see themselves, yeah. they took a girl who was already beautiful, mm-hmm. and then they literally showed how they make her look like the ad. Oh, wow. So it, it is still out there. If you type in, I think it's Dove Transformation or yeah. something like that. But it's a girl. I think she has reddish hair. It's a white girl with um, maybe blue eyes, I think, mm-hmm. and reddish hair. But she's already pretty. But they literally doctored and doctored and doctored and doctored this picture to where she was perfect. When you put them side by side, you clearly see it's the same girl. So they were skilled enough to not make her look freakish. Right. But it alters so much about her these simple imperfections about her to where you didn't see her anymore mm. music tends to be the same way i come from the day of you know the whitney's and the michael bolton's and the yeah. patty labelle's where there was no auto tune the shaka khan's and and people would sing and you would hear the perfection in the note but then you would also hear the offness of the note too if they yeah. went out of key yeah. and that's not a slam against them right. but it was all of those experiences that once they recorded that as we're doing right here once they recorded that vocal down and when i, I listened to whitney acapella a lot mm-hmm more than her actual songs because I love the truth that she gave in her voice. Yeah. Now we have so many auto-tunes and so many programs to where everybody sounds like it's almost the same person. Yeah. So I'm saying all that to say I want to, with my art, bring people back to a place bring people back to a place where they see themselves again with no filter. Yeah. Film is no filter. No. Up there. No, it is, it is there's there's <laughs> no Feels it. it saved the one part that that you know, like I said, when when I'm not on stage, that's the only thing that's cleaned up. But it's cleaned up for a purpose. But yeah. outside of that, 
what a good 85 85% of the production it's just is what it is yeah. i think that we should live daily in that space mm. we should live daily in the in the ability to just be raw yeah. and things are just not perfect that's what makes us beautiful mm. that's what i feel that's what makes it <laughs> if I didn't have another question, I would have stopped right there. <laughs> That's what I feel. Yes, and then that would have been it. Listen, um, but my uh, my last question for you is: Are you happy? Yes, yes. Mm. I wasn't able to say that um, even a year ago. Yeah, I wasn't able to say that. Um, I was always frustrated. I was always hopeful. I was always optimistic, but I was always frustrated. Mm -hmm. And it was probably about, it was when I started working on film. It was about March of last year. I felt like I was creating my own path, finally. Yeah. Independent and totally detached from anybody else's um, plan for me. I felt like I was creating, I'm sorry, I'm creating my own way. And that ability and responsibility of being able to create my own way has given me a joy that I never thought I'd find. I'm so glad I have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you, li listen, <laughs> the response just in the audience that I was in with uh, George, who the misfits are familiar with George, <laughs> show a lot. Uh, just from the response that was in that audience, mm. you know, just that alone, I can only imagine receiving that on more than just one oh, night. Oh, God. Like, one night. So oh. Imagine what that must have been like. How it's that immense. Feels it's immense you know? every night. And I, and I tell the story from, um, I, I don't think this will give too much away, but I literally start from, I'll just say the beginning. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'll just say that. I start right. from the beginning <laughs> of my life and all the way up to, you know, who I am today. And you would think that after a while that having to go down through some of those twists and turns, it'll become, become kind of redundant. But I would say it's quite the opposite that every night, you know, to revisit the thought again, I've always felt freed. I've always felt like, I'm getting another layer out. I'm getting another answer that I didn't have before that, you know, the play is doing for me. It's answering things in me that I thought that I had resolved that I hadn't yet. Yeah. Mm. Come out, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure that you guys are uh, a part of this amazing experience. It is taking place at Good Acting Studios. Mm. And I'm going to be promoting the heck out of this. Yeah. Because everybody need to head their butt up in there. Hey. <laughs> so first of all, here are the new dates. Because yes, it was that damn good that it had to come back. Mm -hmm. Then we had to extend the first time. Yes, yes. And then now we're doing the I was so excited when y'all said that when I was in the audience. I was uh, like, come on, extension. Yes. Yes. So you need to be a part of this experience. I'm not going to yeah. say if you want to be a part, you should be a part Me. of this experience. Listen. Hey. So February 21st yes. at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. Also on the 22nd, the 23rd, and on the 24th, you get 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Yes. So you need mm -hmm. to experience film. It is. Plain and simple. Yeah. Plain and simple. You will you will enjoy it. It's a it's a production where you you're in it. Yeah. You don't feel like and I I mean you can speak to your own experience with it of course, but one of the things I like to say is that the way that the show is built, you're not looking at the performance. Right. You feel like because the lights, I think the lights and sound and everything is behind you, yeah. you feel like you're kind of like engulfed Absolutely. inside of it and I think that that provides its own kind of three-dimensional experience with it. Yeah. Your your comfortability on stage made all of us feel very welcome. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I walked into it. I wasn't familiar with who you were. Yeah. By the time it was over with, it felt like family. Oh, my God. Because that's how you treated us, oh. you know? Everything was Thank so you. very, it made for a very, very comfortable space. Thank and that you. says a lot Thank about you. you and Good Acting Studio. Yes, you know? yes. It was yes. a very, very warm and welcoming 
environment. I so appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, right? Yeah. Here. So, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying this just because I'm interviewing you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this just because I'm like you. I'm saying it because it was a damn good show. Thank you. Honestly, thank you. it really, really was. Mm. And thank you for putting so much of who you are mm. on that stage mm. because you make yourself extremely vulnerable up there. <laughs> you know, yeah. extremely vulnerable yeah. to all of our opinions. Yeah. You know? Yes. To that all too. of our opinions. I didn't know what I was gonna say. Right. You know how scared I was at first night. I was like, okay, here we go. Right. <laughs> Terrified, but I said it's gonna be what's gonna be. Yeah. That was that felt like free falling. Yeah. I, 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 I'm making gestures. We know what we're laughing right. at. You gotta come see the show to see what the part is, but. That literally felt like I had jumped out of an airplane. Yeah. That I, I didn't know what to expect. Absolutely. And and I thank you all for allowing me to do that. Yeah. Thank you. We're we're doing our best to not give everything away. Yeah. But I'll oh just uh, I'll just say this. There is a moment at the end when she gets to celebrate. Yes. And I cried and I cried because it was so beautiful and empowering. And baby, you want to talk about the definition of freedom? Oh, I'm sorry. I got you crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that right there is one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in theater. Thank you. Because that was the literal definition of truth and freedom. Mm-hmm. And to see that was like, can we all just kick off our shoes and do a good <laughs> Patty LaBelle roll across the stage real quick? <laughs> Because that's when she hits her true freedom. Which, <laughs> just roll And around. that was a roll right there. Oh, my Woo. God. All right, he took the tissue out. So we're going to go ahead and stop. <laughs> we, are we? I'm fine, Chad. When, um, when we get to the next portion of good news, I'll make sure that I give you all the contact information so you can find not only Eric, but also a good acting studio online so you can uh, walk with them, as I say. I don't yeah. say follow. I say walk Oh, yes. Them. I love that. <laughs> with... <laughs> Come on, conjunction. <laughs> yes, with. Listen, not in front of or behind, but with. It is with you. I'll walk. My God. So, Raven ain't got no sense. Listen. You got to bring me back. I want, this was too fun. So, so I was about to say, we yes, clearly have to I have you back on here too. again. Yes. You let me know when. You got me anytime, baby. Yes, God. This was fun. Thank oh, you yeah. all, Misfits. I love you, too. Absolutely, Misfits. We'll be right <laughs> back with good news. And one more thing, Misfits. If you want to be able to walk with Eric Dillard and Good Acting Studio all over social media, this is how you can walk with them. You can find Eric exactly under his name. That's E-R-I-K-D-I-L-L-A-R-D. Eric Dillard all over social media. And for Good Acting Studio, that would be the total actor on Twitter and Good Acting Studio on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure when you go to see Fem that you're using the hashtag F-E-M show. Fem show. Make sure you support. Okay, now to good news. <laughs> and now it is time for good news. So, as you misfits who listen regularly know, we've changed around good news. Now, it's not so much about the good news is going on in my life. It's about all of you and your good news. Hopefully, making it a space for you all to be able to inspire one another. You know, raising everyone up at the same time. So, the first person we're going to talk about is Justin. 
he submitted his good news and he said that he knocked out one of his five goals already for 2019, which is getting his nutrition certification. Shout out to you, Justin. That's awesome. Rise higher and I can't wait to see how far you go with your certification. The next person who submitted their good news would be Kanisha. Kanisha says that she recently got denied for an apartment application. She stated that after she submitted the application for a house and was approved, that led to her finding out that the rent is actually less for her home than it would have been for the apartment. Kanisha, that is indeed good news. <laughs> you went from a much smaller space to a bigger space and you're paying less. That's winning. That's absolutely winning. And uh, the last person sharing good news would be Andrea. She states, since I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, I felt as if I couldn't catch a break. I've been living here for two years and I've struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts. I've contemplated several times to end my life because I just wasn't happy with myself. I thought so negative about who I was. But towards the end of last year, I had, a force, I had to force myself to get on my knees, read my Bible, circle myself around good people and environments, and speak life over myself in every situation. I asked my God to give me a peace again, to give me strength, wisdom, and knowledge. I fasted for seven days, and each day I felt peace, strength, and prosperity, all because I worked hard to get it back. Welcome back, Andrea. Welcome back from the dark space that you were in, you know, learn to understand that that dark space happened for a reason, just like the joy that's happening in your life right now, you know, and I say that as someone who has been through that myself. And I say that to all of the misfits who are listening, we can't look at our dark moments and then just decide to cast them aside. When joy comes, we have to understand that that darkness happened to get us to this point. It's supposed to be building, you know. And I know that that's what happened to you. I know that you took that darkness. I know that you took what you went through, even wanting to take your own life, and you used it to build yourself into being a stronger person. That's what we have to do with those lessons, you know? We have to be able to see them and say, thank you. Because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be the person that I am right now. So I'm proud of you, Andrea. I'm very, very proud of you. Sending you love and light. So... For my good news, I just want to take it at this opportunity to thank all of you misfits who checked in on me over the, f the past several weeks since the podcast has been off and since I left social media. It really means a lot. And I want to send a special shout out to Daryl Taylor because that brother went above and beyond when it comes to checking on me. <laughs> I don't want him to listen to this and be like, oh God, why did you single me out? But it's because... For me, as I've shared on the podcast before, for me, it's not really a thing of you needing to physically come to me. You know, you don't have to call me. For me, it's just a text saying, are you okay? You know, is everything okay with you? For me, having Daryl just check on me once was enough. You know, he checked on me before personally. He checked on me because he missed the podcast. But it didn't stop you know it's like like i said i've been gone for about four weeks now but this brother a couple of days ago called me on facetime and we'd never talked on there before you know um 
and I'm sitting there talking to him and he's like you know I wasn't necessarily sure wait how did it work out no 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 we talked on Marco Polo once I got him on Marco Polo we talked on the phone because he said he wanted to call me on Facebook Messenger but he thought that that would be obnoxious and I said no 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 complete opposite I answered the phone because Daryl never calls me you know we don't talk on the phone like that so whenever I, I hate talking on the phone um, just for the, just for the record, but <laughs> if I see someone calling me who doesn't normally call me, I assume it has to be an emergency. So that's the reason why I answered. So when I answered, I told him I was like, "No, dude, like I would, I was gonna answer no matter what. And if you would caught me on Facetime, I would have answered too because one, you are another person of light. So whenever I have an opportunity to talk to someone of light, I'm gonna take that. But also, you showing up for me the way you have has meant a lot." You know, I needed to disconnect, but I wasn't in a place of like deep depression or anything like that. Not like I have been in the past year. I just need to separate myself. But the fact that he checked on me as if it may have been to that point that he just wanted to know that I was okay speaks volumes about that brother volumes. And for that, I say thank you, Daryl. Thank you so much. And I love you, my brother, because that's all it takes. You know, it doesn't take a lot out of your day to just check on somebody. And the fact that he took the time to do that on numerous occasions over the last four weeks says a lot. So thank you. I truly appreciate that, Daryl. And thank you to all of you misfits. Thank you for continuing to listen to THS podcast. Thank you for continuing to come back to heal. Thank you for telling others about the podcast. It means a great deal. It means more than I can put into words. You know, like I said, we're about to start leaning heavier into healing. We're going to start leaning heavier into light, into love. And I know that that isn't popular with a lot of people. I know that peace, I know that being Zen, (laughs) I know that being joyful is not popular, but that is this podcast. If it isn't for you, I appreciate you listening this long and may peace be with you. But for those of you who are going to ride with us, let's spread some joy Let's celebrate life. Let's celebrate happiness. Because for me, that's what life's about. Learning the hard lessons and then growing and shining even brighter afterwards. So if you want to be a part of this shine, you can walk with us all over social media. First, at the Healing Spaces official website, thspodcast.com. Also on Instagram, which is at thspodcast.com. As well as on Facebook, THS Podcast. (laughs) And on Twitter, it is underscore THS Podcast. If you want to walk with me on social media, that's Scorpiogi. Now understand, you're not going to see me a lot on social media. Then come on, promote the podcast, probably put some selfies and yoga pictures up, and then I'm gone again. Um, But I do always respond to everyone. So if you DM me, if you make comments, I will make sure to I'll make sure to reply to you. Just please understand with me being more disconnected from the Internet these days, it may take several days, maybe longer for me to get back to you. So hopefully you have a brother's phone number. (laughs) But I'm going to go now. I want to thank you all so much again for riding with the Healing Space podcast. I know that I beat it like a dead horse. Which, is that even appropriate to say anymore? Um, But I love you all so much for listening, for listening. This is my baby. This is one of my dreams. And all I want to do is help and heal people. So thank you for being a part of that. I will talk to you all again soon. And until then, I love you.
Namaste. Namaste.